Welcome to the Launchbox Podcast. I'm Anjali, and I can't wait for you to get to know plant-based kitchens from around the globe. Every episode will unpack inspiring stories and delicious menus of spots that are guaranteed to be your next food experience. We are going back to Lithuania, and here with me is the owner and restaurateur behind Rose Hip, a top-rated vegan restaurant in Vilnius. Hi, welcome to the podcast, Ginta Koraite. Hey. Hi, can you introduce yourselves to us? I'm Ginta. I'm the founder and owner of uh, Rose Hip. Uh, the place that we opened with uh, my husband at uh, 2018. So it's our first restaurant opened that year, and now we have a second one. Wow. So 2018, that's about four years in the making? Yeah, it's like four years, of course. We started uh, doing everything before, you know, preparing, searching for places and stuff. So it took us much longer, but like, yeah, finally we opened that early spring of 2018 yes that's a really good time to start yeah. a restaurant because people are uh, looking forward to you know going out yeah, and after winter it's, it's not as cold <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah tell us about rose hip and why is it called rose hip what's what's the, the meaning behind the name yeah actually we we looked at a lot of names and we kind of struggled a bit at first but like we really wanted to highlight that vegan is a super food like super food in general you know like plant-based foods so we just thought about all the superfoods that are in nature and uh, just um, figure out that rose hip is like um, a berry you know which is like very healthy and uh, we really like pink color and our actually all interior is like uh, painted pink uh, probably maybe saw that <laughs> so <laughs> that uh, rose thing is really like connected with us mm, and also hip is kind of you know uh, modern like some kind of yeah. uh, hip atmosphere so it's kind of like combined and uh, that's how our like name was born I like that. I like the the play of words in there because it's a superfood. Well, we can't really say it's superfood, I guess, because of the EU laws. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a berry with a lot of nutrients in it. But also, you know, the, the play of words where it's rose and you all are pink. You can see that on your photos, right? It's just so yummy. Like pink is normally not a yummy color in terms of food, right? Yeah, it's a milkshake. Yeah, like a and, and milkshake. candy, right? Like candy. It reminds you of like that sweet um, flavor. So, so it's really just pleasing to the eyes. And yeah, I was just looking at it like, wow, they do really good social media as well. And then you have a hip place where people can actually enjoy the vibe and yeah eat good food it's all connected like very <laughs> very nice i like it i like it i like the process in terms of picking the name choosing the name and you are together with your husband yes we are making this uh, together well he wasn't my husband back then but uh, we started uh, dating 
like and after a year and a half i think we decided to open a restaurant just because uh, there are not a lot of vegan places around and we just thought like we have no place to eat you know and uh, that there is a perfect timing to open something and just show people you know that vegan food can be tasty and uh, can be really um, filling and uh, beautiful and uh, that you know all people can enjoy absolutely i admire your story right from being girl boyfriend girlfriends and and now being married after a year and a half or or sorry did i understand that correctly no we married to just this summer but we opened that place after a year and a half on being in a relationship wow uh, because i just yeah <laughs> And uh, it was just a perfect timing financially for me and, uh, you know, like my husband now, <laughs> I mean, but like uh, he helped me a lot and we opened it together. It is always nice to have someone beside you. There is a lot of work it's to do. Crazy lot of work. <laughs> and two people are better than being alone and doing it all by yourself. Yeah, it's just fun fact that um, when we like started, he was like, I'm just gonna help you just a little bit. You're gonna do it on your own, you know, because he had a different job and he's just like, I'm just here for a few months. And <laughs> later we realized that it's impossible. <laughs> I really needed him to be full on on it. <laughs> he really married into the restaurant as well. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> what is your background, by the way, coming in? Um, to the in terms of professional background studies, I studied photography uh, for in the college, uh, so uh, I graduated, and I always wanted yeah to make uh, photos because I like the aesthetics and stuff you know. But as well, I was interested in food and you know, uh, in business you know, owning my something uh, by myself. So it kind of combined all, all of it together because, you know, I'm creating food, I'm creating photos, actually most, not most, like not all of it, but like a lot of photos are mine, you know, which you see on Instagram or Facebook, you know, so I'm kind of hitting my creative spot, you know, and also as I worked as a manager, you know, now I also like have to like deal with uh, all the stuff and stuff. So, you know, it's like uh, all kind of got together. And I worked in London uh, as well for a year in a raw organic uh, vegan place i was like making juices there and uh, but it was kind of in the kitchen so i kind of chatted with everyone and like saw everything so kind of also got inspired you know and also as a waitress you know but like you see all the sides you know you see the kitchen you see the bar you see the stuff and it's kind of you know what you need so you're not a stranger in the kitchen at all in the industry what made you decide that it has to be vegan or plant-based kitchen you mentioned also earlier about not a lot of places to go and you know and eat plant-based food is this the reason why you build rosehip primarily or yeah what's the story behind yeah actually it was mainly that because um at that time we were like only vegetarian places kind of and uh vegetarian but like also kind of like in indian kind of style you know <laughs> or something like that there wasn't like any simple food you know that you can like 
a variety of food that you can enjoy it. just a bit uh, something that I didn't uh, enjoy too much so yeah I just wanted to, to have a place where I can eat and like other people can enjoy our food and of course it should be vegan because I was into veganism for some time and I'm vegetarian from when I was 13 years old so it's like 20 years ago I couldn't imagine any other place it should be like of course vegan or vegetarian but like vegan is the way to go <laughs> that is really such a long time to be eating food without meat right what is the situation in terms of the vegan scene right now in um, lithuania i've asked this question from the other people i interviewed but from your perspective how is the plant-based scene at the moment in my opinion it's pretty sad actually because it's like really not a lot of places and uh, still like we are kind of thought that it's gonna open something new and like it kind of didn't so mainly like a bigger restaurant is just us and a few other places that serves only lunch but it's really just a few and the other places are vegetarian and i don't usually even go there so yeah it's 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 not a lot <laughs> what is the recipe for success for someone like you who opened a plant-based kitchen from opening one place to a second location i can imagine that you guys must figure out what works right tell me it is uh, mainly, of course, about the food, <laughs> but uh, you really have to believe in your food and what you're doing. And uh, I always trusted my taste doing every dish and I didn't have any chef experience or anything like that. But um, I really cooked for myself, like from the age when I became vegetarian. So just uh, sticking to your guts and believing in yourself, believing that what you're making is like good and tasty. and. Uh, yeah, it, it drove us through, you know, and uh, when we started uh, doing our first rose, we kind of didn't uh, know what kind of food will we make. Because uh, I was thinking like, I don't know, like burgers, maybe like pasta or something, you know, but you have to be like smart about it, you cannot have everything. So we kind of started just with like uh, burgers, salads, like loaded potatoes and stuff. And uh, later on, like after a few months, we created one bowl. It was now uh, called pink hummus bowl. And we just just put uh, like ingredients, you know, together as you do in a bowl. And like people really loved it. And it was like always on the top sales, like all the time. And we thought, okay, we can do another bowl maybe. <laughs> so we did another bowl and like also was so popular. And then we thought like, okay, we have to like have burgers and bowls, you know, because uh, People really want nutritious, a balanced food, and uh, we are really happy about this in the menu. What is the main principle in terms of deciding what food to come the kitchen? For me, it's like uh, the presentation and the taste, I guess, because people usually eat with their eyes. <laughs> and we also like, like the aesthetics of uh, vegetables, the colors and everything. And of course, yeah, it has to taste really good and you have to feel satisfied after it. You don't have to feel, you know, hungry or something. It has, it has to be, you know, pleasing. So what is your star menu? I mean, from the pink hummus to now you have burgers and you have other bowls as well. 
what do people buy when they come in? Or if someone like me who hasn't been there, what would you recommend? It depends on like, are you vegan or are you eating everything? Because, you know, meat eaters usually when they come, we want something that reminds them of meat to prove them that it could be meaty like and stuff. So usually people order Beyond Meat <laughs> burger. It's our on top sales all the time. And from the bowls, actually I would say Mexican bowl maybe because I think people just, uh, when they hear like Mexican, it's like something familiar for them. So maybe this one, but like for vegans, I don't know, like our shaltiborsche, you know, it's like cold beetroot soup which is super popular in summer. People like try it and they're saying that it's better than the real deal. So, you know, yeah, it's usually on summer, it's like always on top. So it's like, it's pink, it's with tofu and it's cold, very tasty. It's cold soup. It's called beetroot soup. It's like kind of national Lithuanian dish, but like we make it of course with like soy yogurt, soy milk, you know, and uh, yeah. And, People really love it. Like there are a lot of versions of it, some other vegan places also doing it, but you know, everyone has their own like special twist on it. And uh, yeah, usually when it's summer, it's like always on top, you know, everyone is eating cold beetroot soup. Wow, I've never tried a cold beetroot soup. Yeah, you should. It's, it sounds weird, but it's really delicious. <laughs> I mean, I, I tried gazpacho and other, you know, like cold soup, but I think beet soup, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's kind of rich, you know, it's not like uh, beets, you know, like you feel too much of a vegetable kind of thing. It's with like soy milk and yogurt, so it's kind of thicker, you know, and like it has a bit sourness to it. It's like really very good. Wow, I get, I, I feel hungry right now, just listening to it. <laughs> Also, we have um, seafood uh, menu. We order seafood from Holland, from the Netherlands. So we're making some dishes out of it. And it's like really, really uh, reminding of a real <laughs> deal. Okay, so it is a plant-based seafood alternative. It's like uh, vegan salmon. Yes, it's like uh, vegan salmon. We make vegan sashimi with it. Uh, we have like this kind of cod. We make fish and chips with it. And like vegan shrimps, we serve it with sweet chili sauce and, uh, you know, some toasted ciabatta. And it's like uh, visually really reminds of uh, the real thing. Um, Taste-wise also, of course, it's it's not like you you maybe could like fool yourself, but like uh, actually that sashimi is like, when I first tried it, it was like uh, that moment when I was like, I don't know if I want to eat it, it reminds me too much of it, but later on when you know that it's just you know it hasn't have any fish in it it's just like plants uh, so <laughs> then you can uh, can enjoy it yeah so you have plant-based kitchen where your principle is based on the food tasting really good that is pleasing to the eyes and also includes everybody and you have meat substitutes like beyond meat and the seafood that you mentioned so who are like the main customers coming into the restaurant? Uh, actually, it's a really wide variety of people, which is like uh, very nice for us. 
But like uh, in our first restaurant, it's like really smaller and it has Academy of Arts nearby and uh, this uh, studio of like dancing and theater. Uh, so usually kind of those people, like uh, young people <laughs> coming there more and uh, people who go to the park, you know, to, to chill. So we grab some coffee, grab something maybe to uh, just get warm up and uh, to eat something like. And uh, the other like bigger restaurant, there is like uh, really, <laughs> really a lot of different people, um, even like old people <laughs> and like people from the offices around or like just... Uh, even very young people, like teenagers, I don't know, it's just a, such a big variety. Uh, and it only shows that, you know, if you make good food, it doesn't matter, it's like vegan or not, people will just come and enjoy it. And especially during lunchtime, you know, it's like, and uh, we have a great deal on lunch, so we are always kind of pretty full, you know, and uh, trying to serve as much as we can, you know, in a short amount, uh, amount of time, and people love it. You mentioned about having good deals during the lunch. I am sitting here with my two locations as well. And currently we are faced with a hefty, like heavy, heavy electric bills <laughs> that needs to be paid for. And they are eight times our budgeted or what we used to consume. Uh, we're trying to create deals as well to just, you know, help people come in and instead of, because they're affected as well, right? Like everybody's affected when it comes to the prices of electricity. So we want to help our community where they can still come in, enjoy good food, but not as high maybe as um, they would pay. So we're creating more value for the money they pay for. Is this the reason behind as well doing deals or like, tell me your, about your situation back there. What's, what's the challenges? Terms of that. Yeah, when we saw our electricity bill as well, as I said, eight times, like for sure it was the same for us. And it was pretty shocking because uh, in our, for example, uh, location, that bigger one, Pilimo Street, it's like uh, we have uh, 300 square meters, you know, our place is. So you probably can imagine what kind of electricity bill there is. Uh, there was. <laughs> so yeah, it was out of our budget, you know, and it kind of shocked us. So uh but you know we cannot do too much about it we had lunch deals before you know uh, we didn't like increase the, the prices too much because as you said people are affected as well you know we really don't want to like cut off now this like uh, approachable you know prices to people so we just increased just a bit you know just um, not to survive but like you know just uh, as much as we could and uh, yeah, now we're kind of seeing that it's getting lower, so we're just really hoping that it's gonna get to a point, you know, where it was before, maybe, <laughs> hopefully. Just uh, now it's like uh, heating, you know, also coming up. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. Exactly, exactly. It is all connected and we are also facing inflation, so the prices of the ingredients have increased and we cannot really do terms of raising the prices we, there is a ceiling right of, of how much you can do how do we survive through the winter <laughs> because we need to turn on our heaters yeah actually yeah. winter is the biggest challenge because in summer like you know we usually just have more people who have terrorists you know it's like super busy and in winter it's just usually 
uh, really quiet, so it's really not the best time, you know, to have these bills. And as you said, uh, yeah, the, the everyone is increasing their product prices, you know, so buying them like really much more expensive. So it's it's really a struggle. Like now to have a business, it's like really not the best times. What are you doing right now in terms of marketing, in terms of food, in terms of saving electricity? You know, I don't know how much you can save here. You know, we cannot like switch off our ovens or like music or lights or something. You know, we cannot save it. So what we are doing, just keep keep going, you know. That's all you can do is just try to survive this time and you know that like later on it will be better. Yeah. And, and we know it's hopefully temporary. That's what we are told. We do have a little bit of fear because the government has an agreement with electrical companies that they can freeze some money, but it's really not helping. In a way, you will still have to pay for it and it's not even a huge amount, right? So our challenge this winter is to get through alive <laughs> because we need plant-based kitchens and we know that there is a market for it and we are just doing our best to serve people with good food, a good atmosphere. Tell us about what your future looks like as a restaurant. Yeah, well, we are now uh, really focusing on franchise, uh, like the, like checking the documents, you know, creating, like we did some marketing on that. Um, there were kind of a lot of people who were interested, but you know, uh, later on, not much of them left. I think you know, this kind of times, uh, uh, maybe uh, they are a bit afraid you know, of, uh, of it, you know, because it's like really not the best time to open. So we are kind of slowing down a bit on that. Maybe we will like start again, like with the marketing and stuff, uh, maybe next year. But like we really. Uh, see Rosip, you know, not just in all over Lithuania, we see it, uh, you know, in Europe and uh, maybe even further, you know, because uh, we kind of travel through Europe like a lot, like uh, gastro trips, you know, checking other places and, you know, in every town, like, uh, we kind of can see our place, even if it's like, you know, even like Barcelona or like somewhere where it's like so many vegan places, but still we have like our own, you know, identity, our own food and, uh, you know, we really see us there and some people even coming, you know, from other countries and we, we are like, oh, please open in like, you know, even in Israel, <laughs> we said, or like America or like Canada or like, no, it's very nice to hear, you know, people want us even there, like we have this little love for us. <laughs> yeah, there's enough room, I suppose, for people like you and Rosehip and us and there's still a lot of room to come in for and you know build a plant-based restaurant plant-based kitchen in terms of um, building the franchise who is doing that because you know of the many things that you have to do in the restaurant itself you have the kitchen the menu the hospitality side of things the inventory who is doing like the franchise right now like focusing on it building the infrastructure actually yeah it's a lot of work and as i said a lot of components of it so we just hired the company and you know they got us covered you know with like all the structure everything we just wrote uh, our part you know we did their part and we kind of it's uh, together 
like a kind of collaboration and we yeah just me my husband some uh, you know like managers of our place uh, we all kind of get it together and like created this we didn't do anything yet in terms of real franchising like but yeah we are ready i like the vision it's big right it's something bigger than what it is right now and bigger than yourselves together it's it's a bit scary because you're envisioning launching it in different European cities. And I mean, it's really something to look forward to. Yeah. But you know, you, you just you have to start from something, you know, but like, yeah, we, we always vision, you know, yeah, to the future, like uh, very, very a lot. That keeps you yeah, going too, of right? Of course. Yeah, we don't want to stop here, you know. How many people are working in the restaurant overall like in both locations it's around 30 people they of course like you know switching uh, shifts and stuff and in that uh bigger restaurants like of course more people but yeah in total it's around 30. and do you have any challenges uh in terms of turnover like how fast people come and go what, what kind of setup do you do because I think it's important in running a successful restaurant, right? And also like maybe multiplying yourselves into franchise. People are like the key ingredients behind the scene. What's your situation when it comes to hiring and turnover? The situation is pretty bad usually <laughs> because after COVID, it was like uh, very hard to find people because they changed their professions. Some of the chefs, you know, for example, in the kitchen or or they just got too lazy to work or they decided that it's uh, not sustainable or, or something, you know, but it really felt like it was lacking of staff. And actually during summertime, it's like crazy you can feel it uh, that you know you just can't get enough of people and uh, you know it's the busiest time so um, it's really hard to get through actually because people who are working for us you know then are suffering a bit because they have to work more hours they are tired then uh, usually i jump to kitchen to help my husband andrews is also going to the kitchen to help uh, we know everything how to make so we uh, so we would be calm about it that if something we just can't cover it <laughs> you know because if kitchen is not working you cannot like work at, in general it's like very very important so I don't know in winter it's like a better situation because uh, i don't know maybe some of the places even now is like closing and uh, uh, there is like less people for everyone for every restaurant i think it's like slower times so now you can find people but at this time we don't need people <laughs> you know because we yeah because in general we need less workers you know so when someone leaves we just don't hire like anyone anyone else so, so yeah, it's a sad situation. We have a struggle with this like for a long time, actually. Yeah, not even and even before, you know, COVID to find people who are like even maybe vegans. That would be very nice if like everyone who's working would be vegan, vegetarian. But it's just a, a crazy dream. It's not, you know, it's like a, uh, it's not possible, <laughs> especially in this kind of small, small uh, country as ours. Yeah, it's it's the hardest part, I would say, in general, in business, it, just for us, for example, because we have people coming to us, we have very nice menu, in our opinion, you know, and everything is kind of settled up, we have, like, everything flowing, but, like, yes, 
the staff is always like just struggling, you know, to be. And it's all over. It's it's not isolated to your case or my case, but it's all over. I have interviewed a number of people and it's the same situation, especially worse after Corona because of how people switched uh, professions and and good for them, right? Uh, but we do need people who are stable, reliable, and someone that can really carry the passion or is passionate enough and able to carry the mission of the place. I mean, they are the driving force of, of a restaurant. They welcome the guests. It's customer satisfaction as well. Speaking of that, I went through, of course, the internet and found that you guys have very, very high rating all over, like from Happy Cow to um, Google to Facebook to Walt even. How do you keep that? I mean, hearing the challenges in terms of people, like how do you keep being on the top despite all the challenges that you have? I guess it helps that we are always kind of checking the places we are there, you know, we are there for them. We are like every day if we uh, hear some comment, you know, or read it, we always just go to the staff and we just chat about it because when people say it you know we say it for a reason maybe something's wrong and we really just want you know everyone to be satisfied with our food with our service it's a really very very important thing so we really do care so i think that that maybe is a success that we made it like you know we're checking we uh, we care and probably just the food in general it's uh, we hit at the spot for people they taste it speaks it. for itself yeah it speaks yeah. for itself like people love it and our staff you know we love our people like our staff you know we're trying to uh, communicate with them connect with them and just try to create a good vibe you know and uh, uh, it's of course difficult and there's uh, ups and downs and it's like um, a lot of sometimes dramas even you know it's like our little family, you know, with <laughs> their own lives. And it's, it's a little family. Yeah, it's like, I can sometimes call them family, you know, and they're laughing that we are their mom and dad, kind of, you know. And when, when we go somewhere, we usually, you know, if we travel somewhere, just say, okay, kids, please don't burn the home, you know. Yeah, you have to, like, uh, try to be kind of friends with them. And also, of course, boss, but it's like a thin line. It's difficult, but... We are really trying, you know, to get connection with the staff and the idea, you know, of the whole thing. And when it comes to telling people like, hey, this and this are not according to the recipe or the taste is a bit off, um, it, it takes a lot of relationship, right? Or, or maybe just a balance between your uh, straightforward and your nice and friendly. It's, but it's such a, like, a, a real balance, it has to be, yes, because it's a very thin line that they, you know, get offended or something, so it's it's hard, you know, but uh, we are kind of trying, you know, to keep this, like, a friendly kind of relationship with a bit uh, strict on the details kind of thing, you know, yeah. Who's the people person in the company? I guess me, yes. Uh, 
Like I go for with the staff, me for sure. Like I go always and just ask for everyone. Like how are we? How are the moods we? You know what? <laughs> what's up? You know, like really taking care of him. He's like maybe taking care more of the, like documents, you know, and stuff. And um, you know, if it's something broken, you know, I'm just like don't even call me. <laughs> you know, he, he, this is his stuff. I don't want to hear about it if something's broken because it's just it's too much for me. You know. So yeah, yeah. we kind of split it. Uh, you know, our jobs, and uh, now it's like we're helping each other. There's there's at least peace in that when you split up tasks, because when you're married and then you also work together how how does it even come to play there should be like a healthy balance right yeah because uh, you know you can't speak about it all day long actually <laughs> if you're like working you know uh, in the same thing but uh, you cannot do it so we are just trying uh, to keep some boundaries about that you know and just not get too much into it but of course it's impossible you know because sometimes we get the message that something's wrong someone didn't come to work or something's broken and we feel that our moods instantly just went off you know and we start kind of being uh, like a bit uh, you know with even fighting with each other and it's like uh, but like it's still good that we're in this together because otherwise you know i would have to deal with it on my own it would be you know would be very very hard it would be something that you can do because you're passionate about but it could be lonely in in some days very yeah, yeah. yes and it was maybe in the beginning you know when i was doing it by myself i felt a bit you know lonely and i was like i need help mm -hmm. and that's the best decision that we now doing it together so i'm very happy about it yeah and it's it's getting stronger by the day i suppose your relationship also gets stronger by the day. Yes, every day. <laughs> yeah. Patience is tested um, for sure. Like I'm working with friends, so. <laughs> okay, yeah, the same thing. We've talked about how you've built this restaurant, the idea starting in 2018 and a year and a half, you have the space and then afterwards you have the second location. Now you're even looking at franchising, bringing it to other European cities. And I think that's awesome. I think that's, that we need more of Rosehip as well in, in different places and just have places where we can eat really good food. We also talk about the, the challenges we're facing right now, electricity, the staffing. What keeps you going? I would say that the just idea of you know veganism in general because i think there is not enough spoken about it and uh, even uh, just in general uh, it's all about animals you know, just from our side and uh, that is what really keeps us going with my husband because uh, we just really uh, truly believe that the future has to be vegan you know and uh, we really hope that it's gonna be because you know this industry is pretty cruel you know it's cruel to animals to environment to our health even you know so i don't see any reason to not go vegan or just try to eat more vegan you know it doesn't have to be any labels of that of course just if people just uh, would eat as much as uh, they could you know like uh, uh, vegan it would be like very nice but uh, we just want to spread it we want uh, people to believe that food can be tasty and satisfying we can feel fulfilled uh, you know and yeah so we just want to spread it
And you are open in both locations the same time of the day? Or is there a different time opening hours for each? We open uh, the same time in both restaurants. We open from 11. Uh, but now we work shorter in our like smaller place because evenings now are kind of slower. And the other place is like booming in, in evenings. So yeah, it's kind of now a bit different. But like in general, it's, it's similar. Like summer times, like just uh, absolutely the same. Do you allow dogs? Because I saw a dog on the couch. It's our dog. It's like Tyler. Oh, nice. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, he doesn't know, but like he's a little star of our <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> He's the mascot of... Uh... <laughs> yeah. But guests can bring dogs. Of course. Like, we love dogs. And actually, we want even more of them there, you know? And they can be out of, like, free, you know? Walk free. It's it's fine. We really love them. We, we always keep our dog free there, you know? So he's, like, going through the people. And usually people already know him, yeah. And they're like, oh, and trying to, you know, touch him. And, like... <laughs> he is really the star of the actually, restaurant. Actually, he is. And even when uh, we come, you know, the staff is always, oh, Tyler, and everyone starts, you know, cuddling him and, like, plants as well, so, yeah. Where can they find you in social media? Can you tell them about your social media handles? We have Instagram account, Facebook, and uh, we have our page, Rosie Voltaire. I really like the whole feel. There is a brand, there is a strong brand when you go to the Instagram, right? Like, this is actually uh, a brand that can be replicated. So the franchise model is really something that you are up for and quite ready in terms of, I think, the branding because it's, yeah, you, you can feel it, you can see it, it's consistent. Is there a message you want to communicate with the listeners right now? Eat more vegan food, that's the message. I think it's the time for people, you know, <laughs> because no more excuses. I think it's just, it has to happen, you know. We have to think about our future, you know, the future of our children, grandchildren and everything, you know. To have a future generations, we just, you know, have to think of what we are putting in our mouth and on our plates, you know. I think that's the most important thing. Beautiful. I agree. And there's so much innovation in the plant-based food uh, space. It's crazy how... It's like no, no excuses. There's <laughs> no know? excuse. <laughs> I just tried a soy-based grilled, so to say, from uh, Riga, Latvia. And it's just crazy how it tastes. I always wanted to eat barbecue, right? But we don't have that around in Copenhagen maybe somewhere else but he sent me this and I was just wow how can you how can you even go and and you know eat because it's also one of the things is I don't want to eat something that resembles or reminds me of because that's something I actually do not want to eat and don't want to crave for <laughs> in the future but there is something similar to that that exists and it's healthy it's it's nourishing it's tasty and the texture is perfect as well hey like and it's cruelty free it's cruelty free <laughs> it's what more could you ask right yeah 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 and 
no just so yeah so many products created like it's even better than the real deal you know and as i said i also don't want it to remind me of like meat because i didn't miss it like it was kind of tasty i guess but when you like just think about it you know what it isn't for sure like it's like that thing you know <laughs> yeah, so you kind of don't want to have anything to do with it and i remember when first time i tasted beyond you know in a restaurant and they like i ordered like a vegan thing you know he said like yeah it's vegan we made me sure but when they brought it i felt so uncomfortable i i smelled it you know i was like anxious a bit i was like looking at the waitress is it really vegan i just wanted that confirmation you know and when i ate it it was so weird it was kind of tasty but like <laughs> I don't know, I felt really weird and after I ate it, yeah, I felt anxious for like a few hours <laughs> but now I love Beyond, you know, I just, um, you know, think about it it's like, it's pea protein, it's fine, you know and I kind of tricked my brain that it's like, it reminds, you know, of it but it's tasty, it's plants, you know, it's like just a similar flavors, you know and what is like meat, they just put some spices, you know, and stuff on top and you know, you just it's nothing like uh, if you would eat just raw piece of meat, you know, it wouldn't be that good. <laughs> so, you know, it's a play of ingredients. Yeah, and it, it's just pure innovation. And there's so much happening in the plant-based scene right now that we're just excited what the future brings and what the plant-based industry could bring into the table. For sure, in every restaurant right now, there's always a plant-based or vegan or vegan option, right? Uh, it is the future that there is more option and more fully in uh, places. But as a restaurant right now, you just have to. So somehow we re there is really a change in the lands in the foodscape. And we're happy that we are there. We're playing that part. And I'm just really impressed by your story, your persistence and just the mere fact that you have been operating for four years and expanding yourselves and also dreaming big it's such an inspiration for those who want to start a plant-based kitchen what can you advise them well first of all if you want to do it you have to think what for what people you know would come back something has to be some kind of personal like click that you're not just a random uh, another burger place or something you know you have to find your face and of course you have to make food super tasty it it, it shouldn't be just mm, good you know it has to be the best <laughs> because you know you have to uh, taste by yourself ask others you know test 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 you know you cannot like let uh, the dish on the menu if you don't believe it a hundred percent you have to be like super sure and uh, yeah just believe you're good yeah i totally with you Believe in yourself, believe what's in your gut, and we will be happy to see more places coming up and thriving like Rose Hip. Yeah. And actually, uh, as well as you asked about the future, <laughs> we are also like, you know, I have so many ideas in general, like about food, about even design and stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, we kind of even thinking maybe at some point to open some other concept you know, of like rosip something, you know, like maybe rosip like uh, some kind of kebabs, wraps, burritos, or like rosip Mexican, or like 
even rose in Asia and like I'm not saying that we will but like I'm just saying that there are so many ways you know what you can do if you just have ideas you know people should like think really like wide about it but like even for us yeah we're like really dreaming about in general more places but of course we have only two hands and it's like very hard already with like you know two restaurants but who knows we are not stopping here yeah, sky's the limit. And I like your approach, even just deconstructing rose hip in general and focusing in one, uh, let's say, cuisine, right? I think that makes it easier instead of thinking like, I'm going to start this 300 square meter restaurant and I'm going to put things in a, a to Z, right? But now you're saying, oh, maybe you can have a rose hip um, Mexican. You know, like rose hip uh, kebab, like just very focused, and that makes the job easier. Not not easier when it comes to, yeah, like, to actually doing it. The process because <laughs> because we all know that, um, but easier when it comes to fulfilling it because it's focused, it's laser focused, and it becomes a niche market. Yeah, because our menu right now is like really wide variety of everything, you know, it's kind of, if we would like split our like big menu, I think we could open three small places, you know, just bowls <laughs> and burgers and stuff. So I wanted to, you know, put as much food and like various food in one place as possible. But, you know, there is a limit so that. So, yeah, then you have to focus maybe on just one kind of thing if you're opening a small place. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. You are such an inspiration. And just simply by telling your story, people can know you and also hear about Rose Hip. And maybe if people are interested in starting a plant-based kitchen, but it's overwhelming to think of, and maybe they are lost in the process, so, hey, why not consider reaching out to Rosehip and check out their franchise option? It is available and, yeah, it is something that they can start off with your help, right? Yes, of course. We would be with them, you know, the whole process. Mm -hmm. Yes, and step by step. <laughs> yeah, so it, there is an easier way to go and open a plant-based kitchen. Reach out to Rosehip reach out to Ginta and who knows, you will be the next place I would come and visit or maybe including the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share it with others and spread the word. I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Launchbox podcast.